Missy D. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you know what? I was going to actually do a double trouble mum and me this week uh, for you, uh, but I thought I will do it next week. And the reason for that is, oh, hello, by the way, there I just go launch straight into <laughs> the Journal of Missy D uh, 3.0 without even introducing myself or saying hello. How rude of me. I'm so sorry. Hello. How are you? Are you TikTok? Pretty far first class. I hope you are. Yeah. So I was going to do a double trouble mum and me because that's had phenomenal, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, feedback. And people are, uh, love that, that episode that I did. Um, and as you know, that is kind of, it will run alongside with the Journal of Missy D 3.0. So there's me and then we'll kind of um, make separate episodes for double trouble mum and me. So you heard episode one. And I reckon we're going to do episode two. We'll bring that out next Monday for you. Uh, the reason for that is uh, like I'm recording this, what now on the 24th of July, on the 31st of July, which would uh, be today, like you're listening to this today, uh, like it comes out every Monday. Uh, today, I'm at a photo shoot with Madhu in Surrey at a very posh hotel with uh, photographers and uh, videographers, makeup artists, and she's doing a photo shoot for Tea Rose Trunk Easy Drape Saris. And she has invited myself and my mum as Double Trouble Mum and me, and me as my own podcasting person, <laughs> Missy D 3.0, to come in on this photo shoot because she wanted to drape real women from all walks of life in her easy drape saris and mum was has been uber excited about going to this photo shoot so i thought if i like when we come back i will then record the double trouble and she will have lots to tell you about her birthday uh, which went swimmingly and also about the uh, photo shoot i think it's probably mum's very first photo shoot a proper like a proper media one uh, <laughs> You know, like she's all famous and stuff now, like she'll be getting bigger than Missy D 3.0. Um, <laughs> God bless her. But yeah, so that will be loads of fun. And I'm sure uh, she'll have loads to tell you about with that. So that's why I just kind of delayed it for you. Uh, and also there was a suggestion uh, by Girdi to bring Double Trouble to you on the first Monday of every month. So that might work out really well. Now, in between, if I do kind of stop or I start to sound weird and funny, it's because of this bloody tooth of mine. Honestly, guys, gone. Oh, gosh, my teeth have I've always touched wood, always had beautiful, perfect teeth. Go and research it. Go and have a look at some of my pictures and go and look at my teeth. Perfect. They're perfect in every which way that you can think of. And I've never really had tooth trouble or as, as some people posh, people say tooth. Always got me. Why did they say tooth? A lot of the people on the BBC, when they broadcast, tooth. And uh, they'll say supper. Tonight for supper, I'm having kippers. Smoked. So there. <laughs> and there's tooth. And there's uh, uh, there's another posh word that really gets on my nerves. And they, they say it really weird. I have to remember that one. But, you know, me, my brain never works when it wants to, when it needs to. <laughs> Why did he even start talking about tooths and tooth? Tooth. It's a tooth, isn't it? Not a tooth. Ow! See? Oh, God. So, yeah, I've had the most amazing teeth. And a couple of weeks ago, I was sat eating. I can't remember what it was. And I think it was lamb mints of some sort. 
And look, see, I always tell you about the posh food and not posh food. The idiot that I am, one day at Tesco's, there was, you know, I, I love an offer. I do. I love I love shopping in posh supermarkets. You know that by now, right? Wait, Rose, Marks and Spencers all the way. But sometimes I do go for the, the deals. I never buy frozen lamb, mints. I used to back in the day, like in the probably 90s or something like that. And then obviously, as you know, I'm a bit of a food snob. I like to buy um, fresh produce, organic or ethically sourced as much as I can. But this particular time, I bought this uh, kimma, kimma's like lamb mince from the frozen section. It was it was promising to be Scottish and ethically sourced and all that. And it was on offer. So I bought two bags of it and I made Indian mince with it. And as I ate this mince, there were tiny weeny bones in it. I know it's never happened before in my life ever. And I know what you're going to say. We'll go into that in a minute. Yeah. And as I ate this bikima with my, I think it was a nine actually I was eating it with. I just heard a big, massive crack, crunch, no joke. And I was like, ah, <laughs> mom's like, gihoya, gihoya. <laughs> gihoya, gihoya means uh, what happened, what happened for, for all, all of our non-thisy audience. Because there is a large non-thisy audience that listen to uh, the, the podcast of Missy D. Sorry, the Journal of Missy D podcast 3.0. I don't even know what my podcast is called. Bisharam. <laughs> Bisharam means um, shameless. It's just a funny Punjabi way of uh, spitting some uh, Punjabi humour at someone. It's not really humour, is it? It's putting someone down. But hey, I'm allowed to put my, my own self down. But yeah. <laughs> so where was I? Yeah, the tooth issue, right? So cracked it. Crunch. I hear crunch, a crack. And then I could feel something hard in my mouth. And oh my God, it's not. So imagine the your back teeth, not the one right at the very back, the one next to that. A bit came out, I just spat it out and there was a big chunk of my tooth in my mouth and blood. Then there was a dangly bit at the back. So it, it cracked in three pieces and I was like screaming and shouting because I'm a big child like that when it comes to being ill. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, when um, I have flu, I'm a bit like men, like, I have man flu. And the same with when I'm in pain, I'm like, ah, I'm like, calm down. <laughs> I'm like, no, my tooth is broken. <laughs> Because it's never happened before. I've never had a cracked uh, tooth in my life, right? But um, I, I'll tell you in a minute. So, yeah, took there was a dangly bit. I, I got water, tried to um, calm down the blood and had to wait for the next day for the dentist to open. It was a Sunday night, actually. Monday, they got me in. She pulled out the tooth and she goes, it's got an infection. You have to come back in a couple of weeks when the infection's gone and I'll pull out the rest for you. I'm like, fair enough, right? Uh, so, yeah, I've never had any form of cracked teeth before, but this particular tooth has been troubling me over the last two, three years. So this is the tooth that was always sensitive and it did have a filling in it. And I have been back and forth to the dentist about it. So she I said, was it that bloody um, cheap lamb mints that I bought from the freezer? Because I'm going to go and sue their asses because that's what you were thinking, weren't you? You were thinking, Missy, sue them. And I'm a big sewer. I, 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 I'm I very happy, very happy to um, sue people, uh, to make complaints, written complaints, verbal complaints, any kind of complaint. Rely on Missy to do it to the point where my friend Jits, you know, Jits by now, my best mate, she gets really embarrassed when I'm in a restaurant and I complain about the food. She happily will eat like old food or cold food or very badly kind of um, presented food. I'm like, mate, I don't give a shit whether I'm in McDonald's or I'm in some posh restaurant. You need to give me cold, hot food, not cold food. And don't give it me in a plate, which looks like you're just throwing it in there. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I ain't got no problem complaining. So, But I just wanted a, a verification from the dentist uh, who would have said, yeah, man, that's happened because of the bone. And I would have been like, right, can you put that in writing, please? And I would have sued that Scottish, whoever it was, butcher, who stuck it in the frozen bag and sold it in Tesco's and took him to the bloody cleaners. But she goes, no, she goes, regardless of whether you bit down on that tiny bit of bone, because I took the tiny bit of bone in for her. She goes, well, that would not have caused a break. Unless your tooth was really weak and your tooth has been in trouble for two to three years now. So it was bound to happen. So there goes my compensation claim. 
<laughs> it's not funny though because oh my god i'm i feel like an old woman like you know you, you used to kind of take the piss out of old women and men that had teeth taken out and you thought it was funny it's not funny because now i've got a massive hole there anyway it got worse because sh- that was like beginning of july and a couple of weeks ago yeah we're in the 20 yeah first week of july she goes i got an appointment end of august to take the rest of that bit out i was like you're taking the mick mate the bloody dentist said come back in seven days and you're telling me two months time oh well she's only one dentist and she only comes in three days and in those three days she comes in only half a day i was like i don't give a bloody shit mate get me an appointment so she got me an appointment uh two weeks after that i think it was and it was on the morning of my daughter's birthday 21st birthday daughter as you know as in my best friend's daughter she calls me mum number two and that's why i always have to explain because half of you go oh i didn't know missy had a daughter <laughs> i have got a daughter and she is my daughter but i don't even i don't even know why i have to explain to anyone let's just call her my daughter because that's what she is anyways isha's 21st birthday that day although we weren't going out that night we were going out this saturday just gone so jesus 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 i hate going to the dentist anyway at any point even for a checkup i got into the surgery for this appointment and i have never tapped so much in all of my bloody life man so she lay me down and she was like oh it's going to be very simple don't worry you'll be fine what are you doing this afternoon trying to calm me down I goes oh i'm going to go home and record my podcast my foot was i going to record my podcast <laughs> Uh, and I goes, I'm going Tesco shopping. And she just kind of looked at me and at the other person. I was like, OK, this doesn't seem good. She then started. Uh, she put two injections in. Really, the second one was awful. It was like I couldn't swallow. And uh, it was like I was about to gag. It was awful. Um, and she was like, that's normal. That's how it's supposed to be. So I had the two injections and then late. She kind of it wasn't completely laid down. I was up. Like a, you know, on a 90 degree, 90-ish, 45 degree, right? And then she starts getting the tools and she's twisting my tooth around, trying to make it loose, twisting it, twisting it, twisting it, yanking it left to right, right to left, left, right. And then I start to hear crunching. She's crunched bits of it out and crunched more bits of it out. And it was the most awful, horrific, horrific thing that I have ever been through in my entire life. I know you're thinking, Missy, you're being dramatic now. I am not being dramatic. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> Sorry, it really does hurt. I'm not being dramatic because although you can't feel the pain of what she's doing or the crunching and the cracking and the twisting, it really is quite traumatic. She didn't even tell me what she was going to do. I mean, she should have prepared me, I think. And I mean, her assistant was a bit like, oh, you're doing really well. I felt like getting my jutti and whacking it over her head. And if it was a barta, it would have been even better. Oh, it's like, bloody, are you doing well, my foot? What the fuck is this fucking dentist do, mate? Then she started shoving her, whatever it was in her hand, up my tooth. So she was pushing my teeth up, my the whatever was remaining in there. And she kept pushing. And I was like, why the fuck is she pushing and not pulling? Because you need to pull the tooth out, not push it up. And she started uh, giving me shooting pains from my tooth all the way through up to my sinuses into my head. Like it was, it just wasn't right. So I had to put my hand up. I was like, can you just stop? And she goes, are you okay? I goes, no, I'm not okay. Um, you're, you're causing these... Every time you're pushing that thing up my tooth and I'm, why are you pushing and why not pulling? You're causing uh, shooting pains and it's not right. And she went, oh, 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 I must stop then because uh, that means I could be causing damage to your sinuses. Fucking hell, man. I mean, honestly, where'd you get the star from? And I was like, listen, can you just stop because I can't do this anymore? And I wasn't in pain, but it was very, very stressful. Very, very traumatic. And uh, she goes, yes, I have to stop now anyway. Now I've kind of got to your sinus parts. There are two roots in there. I've still left them in there. I can't get them out. I'm going to have to, uh, what was it? Not, what's it, what's it called when they, when they, I'll refer, I'm going to have to refer you to another dentist and they have specialists who have tweezers that can take those two roots out. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Seriously. Anyway. I went through the trauma. I went home. I thought, okay, it can't be that bad. It was absolutely awful. I felt like I had been hit by a bus. My face felt like it was mutilated. The blood was pouring um, in that. And they gave me like in these 
these cotton soaker things. Oh my God. And then once the paracetamol wore off, boom, boom, boom. In my tooth, it was like someone was holding a hammer and just smashing it on my gums. Smash, 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 smash. And it was just, it wouldn't stop. It was relentless. Uh, I, I couldn't eat anything. I could barely drink water. Um, I couldn't do nothing. My mum made, bless her, she made some kitchen in the evening. At first I thought I just can't do it. And then slowly I'd, I'd make it, made it go all cold. And I was just like literally sucking bits of kitchen from the spoon on the right hand side of my mouth. But it was the most awful, awful thing ever. That night I slept and well, I wake up to another crime scene. My pillow has blood all over it because it dribbled out of my mouth. I mean, can the dentist at least tell me these kind of things, you know? Oh, for God's sake. And then it just throbbed and throbbed and throbbed at two, three days later. So now we're on Monday. I think this was last Tuesday or Wednesday. I got it done. I still am black and blue. So the top of my back, so where your front teeth are, you know, the top of your mouth at the back, the tooth was on the left-hand side. The whole of that side is black and purple uh, with bruising. And the front of the gum where she took the tooth out, is bruised. There's two roots I can clearly see she's left in there. So then I got a second opinion from my cousin who is a dentist. He is my mum's brother's son. We are that close, like that's how we are related, but we don't always talk to each other. So I felt a little bit like, mm, should, could be, before I went to this dentist, I had a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling that I shouldn't be going to this dentist because mum hates her. I'm not even going to tell you her name because obviously that will be defamation and all that kind of stuff, which I'm not going to do. She's at a Coventry dentist, right? And mum's always said, she's just rubbish. Every time I go there, she does my head in. She's not, she's not good. So I thought, a couple of days or about a week before, actually, I was kept saying to mum, maybe I should talk to Goggy. Goggy's my cousin. And she's like, well, contact him. We haven't talked to him for a while. But I was like, and what? You know, you have relationships in life, I guess, uh, that where you haven't spoken to cousins and friends and stuff. And then uh, you are in contact. And it is normally because of a reason, which is really sad. It is really sad. And I must put my hands up and say that was quite sad of me to want to contact him because of my tooth. See, so I, I say tooth, not tooth. <laughs> uh, but um, I contacted him after I got the bloody tooth out. I'm such a dickhead. I swear to God. And he was so nice, so nice. And uh, he was like, uh, this was Thursday, I think. Oh, yeah, I had the tooth extracted on the Wednesday. Thursday, I was in pain, contacted him. I was like, is this normal? And she's left in two roots and stuff. I sent, he goes, go get me the x-rays. I got the x-rays and he looked at the x-rays. He goes, yeah, I can see she, there's two roots in there. And he said that, well, you can basically do one of many things, really. I can, if you come into my surgery on Friday in, in West Brom, I can take them out for you. But I was like, you're kidding me, Goggy. You're going to, my, it's like a crime scene in there. I I'm not having anyone touch my teeth. And also it was Isha's birthday on the Saturday. So I'm like, if I go Friday to him, I'm never going to recover on Saturday and I'm just going to be a mess um, at her birthday party. So I was like, I know it's a bit lame, but this is true. It's my daughter's birthday and I just can't come on Friday. But thank you so much for the offer. But he's also said that, you know, these root, these two roots you got in there, sometimes it's better to keep them in there because it helps to with the bridge or something to keep it solid. And I was like, OK, so and he goes, as long as they don't trouble you, they normally will drop at themselves, <laughs> which is like a bit scary. Or the gum kind of forms over it and they just stay there and, and keep your, your gum solid. And as long as they don't cause an infection or you, they try to start to pulsate, there's no reason to that you, you can't keep them in there unless you want to have what they call. I can never remember what they're called. Implants, unless you want an implanted tooth in the future. And you can't even consider something like that until it's fully healed. And you're looking at three to six months for that, right? And I was like, well, I, I, and <laughs> I am I'm not lame, right? And I'm not into my looks. I'm not into like, oh, you know, what do you call it about looking great? But I did a million times smile in the mirrors and the cameras and stuff to see if I smile, is there a gap? Can you see that there's a gap at the back of my teeth and you really can't? So maybe I might not get an implant. Because I've heard there could be two to three thousand pounds upwards, depending on where you get it from. You can get them cheaper in, in India. I know. I know. I know. But 
I'm thinking, do I really need an implant there? I don't need it visually, but it does feel really awful with a, a, a hole there. Number two, while I'm talking to you, it's affecting my teeth. So it kind of vibrates my teeth. But at the moment, there's a lot of uh, swelling in my teeth and it's absolutely awful. And I have spent a lot of time talking to you about my tooth, <laughs> my tooth. But um, the moral of this story is <laughs> I went crying to my friend therapist <laughs> and um, she was like, how are you? How, how's, the, how's the tooth? Because I told you it's standard with her. How are you? And I'm like, my tooth is... And I really wish I'd got to my cousin. And she was like, what's the moral of this story, Missy? I'm like, uh, listen to your gut. Listen to your therapist who always tells you to go with your gut feeling. She always has. She's always said, listen to what your heart is saying. Listen to what your gut is saying. And my bloody bastard gut was <laughs> saying, Missy, don't get it done by this woman. Get it done by Goggy. And idiot that I am, I still went there and look what happened. Biggest regret of my life. So I guess the crux of the message I'm trying to give you is always, if something enters your mind and something enters your heart and you think maybe I should not do this or maybe I should go to this person or go to this place, listen to your gut. There's a reason why your gut is telling you this. I don't know where this kind of comes from. You know, we could kind of go into the whole namby-pambies of maybe God is sending you a message. Consciousness is sending you a message. Your subconscious is talking to you. There could be all sorts of analogies about the gut. I don't know. The gut feeling, sorry. Not the gut. The gut feeling. Maybe I will look up into that, I guess. And you know what? I've just, just like uh, only half an hour, found out from, um, again, my <laughs> my therapist friend. <laughs> Actually, I'll just call her my friend because she really is just my friend now. She's not my therapist, but she's the friend with the therapist benefits, I guess. Yeah, I'm getting to know. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I'm not going down that road. I'm not. Anyway, we had just had a conversation just earlier on uh, WhatsApp and um, I, I, I was chatting about something and uh, it always turns into. So uh, how did this how does this make you feel missy somehow she steers it into and how does that make you feel then i tell her what it makes me feel and then she comes up with something else she's my friend <laughs> that's that's what i mean we're friends but it always turns into a mini kind of uh, therapy session and i think i think it's natural with her it just i don't think she's trying to be my therapist but it's just a natural way of speaking to me and i'm grateful for that i'm i'm so grateful and thankful that um sh the conversations i have with her sometimes are really 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 like roll on the floor laughing funny <laughs> like i've got tears coming down my eyes not sad tears but happy tears because she makes me laugh so much like she's on par uh, with my humor and uh, my sarcasm uh, and <laughs> She just says really stupid things and really funny things. And it really does make me laugh and stuff. Um, but when it comes to serious as well, she can be really serious and she can be really like uh, strict serious. Like, no, OK, you know, what to think about this? What to think about that? Blah, blah. I'm asking you something, Missy. Stop Nambi pambying around and tell me the answer to the question that I just asked you. So she can get like that, too. But she can be really funny, too. Right. So I've just literally in the last half an hour found out from her that I have imposter syndrome. I don't even know what imposter syndrome is, but it came off the back of a conversation I just had with her. I won't tell you what the conversation is. I think we've had these conversations quite a few times. Um, and uh, she says, you've got imposter syndrome. Do you know what even that is? I'm like, no, I don't. She goes, look it up. So straight away, I'm on the Google. And imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. <laughs> and yeah, it, it it describes me down to 80. I'm not going to expand on that, but you can work that out for yourself that it all makes sense now. I have imposter syndrome. <laughs> Basic, basically, it's not being being able to accept praise and what we call tarif, 
what we call someone saying amazing things about you and about your work. And you're thinking, why are you saying that? Because you're doubting your own work. You're doubting your own success. You're, you, you're thinking, why are you saying that? Because I'm just being me. Oh, I'm not a person that, uh, you know, is uh, um, worthy of those words. So it just looks like I now have another thing to work on. Freaking imposter syndrome. Who knew? Honestly, because I do, I do. I do get a lot, a lot, a lot of people, thousands of people actually in my, if I think about my radio career, there have been thousands of people that have come to me and said, you know what, Missy, you're a, a massive inspiration to me and you don't even know it. You're that humble. You don't recognise who you are and what you have done for my life. And I'm like going, you are, <laughs> I'm just being me. And they're going, that's just it. You just see it as you being you, but you being you is unique and you change people's lives. You are a um, an amazing inspiration and, and you give me a lot of courage um, to do these things. And you inspired me to do these things. I mean, I used to have girls come to me a kind of late 90s early 2000s uh i used to do a lot of um public speaking then i, I want to get back into public speaking by the way because i really do love public speaking but i think i lost my mojo a little bit i lost lost my confidence yeah where that went i don't know uh, i do really actually i do it's always after all the the bullying and the jealousy from so many people and always trying to put me down that, oh, that missy shit. Why? Because they wanted the jobs that I got and they wanted to flaunt themselves on stage because they looked good. Uh, but what came out of them, their mouths were not good. And I'm not just saying that. When I'd sit there and listen to what they were saying, I was like, what they're saying is a load of bollocks, man. It's a load of um, just namby-pamby, baseless, thoughtless, heartless shit. The stuff that I used to say would come from my heart, straight from, straight from the depths of my heart, as they say, Dilse, came from Dilse, and, uh, and I always speak honestly from my heart, and sometimes it does get me in trouble, sometimes I might go a little bit overboard, sometimes I have no filter, sorry, I'll take that back, not sometimes, I never have a filter, I used to have a filter. I used to be careful about what I said. In fact, I didn't say anything. My mouth was zipped up and then chained with a padlock. Um, but now I'm the other extreme and I'm an extremist as in it's all or nothing. Uh, there's no in, be in between. I can't do the kind of half half thing. You know, it has to be full fat, full fat, mate, full fat, butter, full fat cream, full fat coke and enjoy it. And I'm enjoying being full fat. Yeah, I love my fat too. Thank you, fat, for being so nice to me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, public speaking, when I used to speak, I, I clearly remember girls coming up to me. They'd be in tears. They'd be like, do you know what? I always wanted to, since listening to you on radio, I wanted to work in media and radio and TV presenting and radio presenting and all that kind of business. But my parents were of the uh, sort of the, the thinking that um, it's not a respectable job, that Kuriya girls don't do that kind of thing. It's not a good, respectable job for women and girls to do. And there, and there were very few and far in between it in those days uh, few and far between not few and far in between <laughs> i told you my, i'm not i'm not intellectual on paper people i'm just a, a kind of intellectual from my heart so sometimes my words come out a bit shit i do apologize uh, for that i'm not I, I i can't do the big words and the the free flowy well spoken uh words cuz they just don't come out like that i mean yeah i mean i'm not saying i'm like proper down and out and I can't speak properly <laughs> just sometimes I can't do the you know you know what you know what I'm saying don't you anyway and then they said like we have been listening to you on radio we follow your articles I used to used to write a lot of newspaper articles magazine articles and I would try and make them kind of sensible but funny uh, but inspirational kind of thing always ending with a inspirational kind of quote 
and they they'd say like my parents have been listening to you and they think you're absolutely amazing you're an amazing amazing kind of personality and we now work in media we were on media courses we're doing degrees in media and that is all thanks to you and you inspired me to do that and if it wasn't for you i would not be what i am today and what i'm doing today and and my mom and dad respect me for what i'm doing and they they're they're allowing me to have this career and that's directly because of you crazy no <laughs> and yeah although i hear the words and people say it to me all the time. The other day, last week, someone sent me a message saying, uh, you take me out of my darkest days. And that was because I had uh, just sang a song. You know, my healing, singing, healing, um, singing to heal my lungs songs that I do. I can't sing, mate. I can't sing. I know that. I know. But um, I do it, A, to have fun, B, to heal my lungs, C to allow people to see that it doesn't matter if you can't flip and sing it doesn't matter if you can't sing as long as you're enjoying yourself and you are using your lungs and it's good for your mental health then get out there and sing and if you're doing it on a public platform like me then it makes it even better because then people can see uh, what you're doing and you're not, you're not a bedroom singer <laughs> do you know what i'm saying but yeah this woman goes uh yeah you you take you you brighten up my darkest days and she that's all she said never heard from her again then someone else messaged me and said you're an amazing inspiration and then another person kind of said oh my god missy whenever you speak on your podcast it all makes sense and you make me laugh you make me cry you make me um, you make me think and you are you make me th and you are very brave and you um you kind of give me the, some people said like you've made gives the inspiration that look at the shit that you're going through and and you're still like uh, so mentally strong but i don't i honestly don't feel like that i just feel like i am who i am and i do what i do because i love it and yeah i've always said if i can help anyone along the way even one person be inspired by something that i say then then my job is done i guess isn't it the whole the whole reason i started the the journal of missy d was for my mental health for 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 me to to carve something for me because i was in a cycle of being ill and and not to be funny when people are ill people just leave you alone they just go oh well she he or she is ill just let them lie around in their bedroom or let them lie on the sofa just let them lie down just lie down why don't you just lie down get a blanket and lie down and you're like shut your face why do i want to keep lying down i might have an illness but i just don't want to lie down but it came into a circle where all i was doing was faffing around all day and everyone was seeing me in the goggles of well missy's ill just leave her alone. don't don't tell her to pick anything don't tell her to cook don't tell her to do anything she can't do anything she's disabled and after a while i started to believe that oh i'm disabled i can't do anything let me just sit here and be a couch potato and let my brain just die and wither away and my body wither away um and it was getting from uh to a, to a point where it was making me go do lally right so then i kind of carved uh very very slowly a way for me to do something productive and mindful that would make me feel what's the word uh, worthy worthy is it worthy that make me feel that I mattered. I don't know if that's the word either. That made me feel like uh, I, mm, I'm thinking of a word. It made me feel like, oh my God, come, 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 word, come to me. It made me feel independent and alive. Yeah. Because otherwise I wasn't feeling independent. I felt like I was relying on everyone to kind of mollycoddle me and just waiting for death to come it was like i'm gonna die so let's just wait for my dying day so i, I it took time for me to even think that i could do a podcast because i'd i'd given up all hope of ever being on a microphone again oh 
Why? Why do I always do this to myself? Jesus Christ. I told you I'm so, I'm a big fucking softy. I am. I'm a, oh, I just wish, wish I was a stronger person. You lot think I'm strong. I am not a strong person. Trust me. Huh. So, yeah. So it took a, a while to believe that I, I was worthy, that I was important, that I had something to give, that my podcasts were just as good as any other viral podcast out there and people wanted to listen to Missy D because I was like why would anyone want to listen to Missy I'm bloody ill you know I'm 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 doing this podcast to talk about my illness and maybe if someone is listening out there that is going through not just a lung disease any kind of disease for them to maybe gain some strength and courage to understand that although you're ill, you've got to keep trying, man. Because, yeah, I, I did at one point in my life leave it to, to the hands of death is what I call it. <laughs> Every day I'm like, when are, when are the hands of death going to come? Will it be today? Will it be tomorrow? Because I was at some point, at some points in my life, it was so bad, so bad. I couldn't breathe. I was choking. I was uh, gasping for breath. I couldn't move two, two steps without going... <gasps> really badly honestly um there were times where my ribs used to spasm so much that I couldn't move and I, my whole body would be like contorted because my ribs on both sides had uh, started spasming and the spasming was because my oxygen levels were low when I was bleeding so much and spasming and not being able to breathe I couldn't even uh shower myself so I've been through really bad days and then working on my mental health, working on with the EFT and all the ninjas and all my journaling and all my gratitudes. Not that I'm doing much gratituding and journaling recently, which I actually today have started making my my dream. What was it? I'm doing it on Word right now. I started this morning. I'm doing it slowly, but I'm making a list of my dreams that I want in July 2023. Sorry, I've put the date July 2023 as when I wrote this. So I'm making a list of what I want in my life. What am I looking for in my life? And I, I've put it into different subjects. So the first one is health and body. So I put stuff like my lungs, obviously, to function normally and all this disease to be reversed and all that. Blah, de blah, de blah, right? Career and work. Just because I'm ill and disabled, and unable to work now doesn't mean I can't work in the future. I am not resigning to the fact that I'm disabled at 53 years of age and I'm going to be disabled for the rest of my life. I'm not that way built. I cannot and will not be disabled for the rest of my life. It's not going to happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm already carving out my career and my work. Um, obviously a viral podcaster, as we all know, and uh, a viral global um, speaker and all that kind of, I've told you all the that stuff. And then uh, there's the money. So you can write about anything about your money, my relationships, you know, I would happily uh, want to get into a beautiful relationship, but I have to be specific about what I'm looking for. Uh, my personal desires. So I've left the money in the relationship bit blank at the moment, but I've started filling in the personal desires. <laughs> Uh, material things has got loads of in loads of it in the list <laughs> at the moment but the ones i've left blank at the moment are money and relationships because i guess that's the one i relationships is the last one i want to tackle because uh that is a hard one for me it really is it's just something that um i struggle with and have always struggled with so it might be uh, a bit like uh touchy-feely with that one but i will get there and the money one <laughs> Because you know my belief, I'm a billionaire, right? But billionaire on paper, I, in my bank account, I told you last week how much I had. It got to such a bad stage. <laughs> on, sat on Saturday, <laughs> when I went to my daughter's birthday, <laughs> my sister, Anu, she drove me there and I stayed the night at hers, which was lovely. And I was like, Anu, we're going to Isha's birthday party. We're going, we're going clubbing, pubbing and blah, restaurant, blah, de blah. And I was like, guess how much money I got in my bank account? And I didn't even know how much was in there. So I checked it. I was like, £16.8p. <laughs> so it was a kind of a transfer. Do you do that a lot? I'm sure everyone does that a lot. Transfer, transfer, transfer. Every couple of weeks, it's a transfer from the savings over to the, the, the main account. But 
I don't stress about it. I never have. I never have. I've, I've, I've said this to you before. I don't stress about money because um, comes and goes digits on a computer and I can't wait to be be given lots and lots more money and, and not for selfish reasons, because then I can use that money to help others. And I genuinely mean that. I mean, obviously, at once I bought the the um the shit that I don't need because everyone just wants to buy shit that they don't need and they think their life is going to be better. It's not going to be better. It just makes it kind of more sexier and it makes it a bit more happier and a bit more easier. So yeah, the things that I've got on my radar is the Bentley convertible. I've always wanted the Bentley convertible. Um, so that's one thing. Is the big house uh, with the massive garden and the 10 bedrooms and the butler and the coolie and the cook and the cleaner and the masseuse and the pool with the sauna and the steam and the jacuzzi and the, the, the DJ room, the nightclub. Don't really want a pool room because not like pool as in like playing the snooker pool thing. I know loads of people have it, but not, uh, maybe a cinema room. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'd love a cinema room with the best, best, best surround sound. Um, uh, a couple of more doggies, I would say. Yeah, a couple more doggies. Uh, but we're going to have beautiful grounds, like acres and acres of land. And uh, as well as the Bentley convertible, uh, a couple of like four by fours, the big, big ones, because I've I, I've always had things for cars. Sexy cars has always been my thing. So I don't know. That's not going to make me happy. It's not about happiness. It's about just having it, I guess. If you can, why not? But I will have a lot of surplus money. So obviously that money will then go to my family and to my friends uh, who have always been there to support me and to love me. Yeah, just give it back. Give it back with love and kindness. And they may have not given me money, but they gave me love and kindness. So if I can repay that back in money and love and kindness, that's like that's um, like a double present, isn't it, really? With the extra bow on top wrapped up in selfages. <laughs> Only the best. And I do have friends that have given me money. For example, Jits has, has given me money um, in the past when I didn't have any money uh, for various reasons. So whatever she's given me, uh, she'll be paid back a hundredfold. Do you know what I'm saying? And again, Dilsi loves it uh, with lots of love and lots of kindness. So I won't give you the love kindness lecture that I did last week because I do believe that maybe I went a bit overboard with the be the loving kindness people. But it's true. It's really, really true. And it's not easy to do. But I won't go into that. So I've got to say quite a few people have asked me uh, to do a food podcast and I don't know whether they mean podcast or vodcast, because if you have the vodcast, which is the video cast, it was, am I being really old uh, now and calling it what it's not? I'm sure a video cast is a vodcast. Podcast is the audio version, which is this. But sometimes they're calling the video ones podcasts as well. It's all confusing, isn't it? So my my thought was this, right? How do you do a cooking show on a podcast like this. I mean, do people do that? I don't know. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe I can give you recipes and stuff or maybe kind of just help you on your journey in cooking. I, I will talk more about food next week with mum because I can't take credit uh, for being such a good cook. I'm, I, I have to admit I am a really good cook and I only became that, I think, over the last... 20-ish years or something before I would sh shun food I, I've told you this before I would say I hate food I don't eat food I like don't like food because there was the, because I thought people would take the piss out of me because I've, I've been fat all my life right um and obese all my life <laughs> high BMI and everything and people used to say oh what kind of food do you like and do you like to cook I'm like no I don't like to cook I don't like to eat food because then they would judge me for liking food and say, no wonder you're so fat because you like to eat so much food and you like this food and you like you like that food and, and, and that kind of business. Do you know what I'm saying? But then as I kind of became a bit more independent, went to university and lived with my cousin Ram and uh, other people in the halls of residence and then I moved into uh, the houses in, in Penn Road, in Bruford Road, in Wolverhampton started cooking a lot more and started to enjoy it. The, I think the genes of good cooking have come from my nanny and from my mum. Uh, my nanny was an amazing cook. She would be one of those, you know, would think about grandmas and 
all the matris and the matis and um, jalebis and uh, matais, samosas, pakora, all that kind of yum 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 food, but parotas, she would like whip it up, chicken curries, chol, the whole lot, roti, parote, they were done in seconds, you're like nanny man. A whole feast is on the table. And I think in those days, um, even though like your nanny was old, they had the the strength to do that kind of thing. I mean, I'm telling you, on Friday, I cooked Chinese for my sister. It took me five to six hours. I was bloody battered, mate. Battered like a mince pie. <laughs> I was so tired. But nanny just kind of used to every day. And for not just for like me, like my whole entire ex- extended family in America, there was hundreds of us. <laughs> And uh, the grandkids, the parents, uh, my nana, everyone, everyone would just go to the house and there'd never be uh, no no food. There'd always be food and there'd always be leftovers. She'd be giving you doggy bags the lot. It's crazy. Uh, my mum also, I have grown up with my mum cooking food for hundreds of people. So it don't matter. In, in Indian families, if you're Indian, you're listening, Asian and you're listening to this, uh, you will know that... Um, it still happens now today but more so when I was growing up in the 70s 80s people would just turn up there was no kind of like we'll come in two weeks time can I check my what my my diary and book in with you we're going to come on this Saturday at seven o'clock nah nah that never happened they just go ding dong and you open the door and there's your auntie uncle with their five kids and their their mum and dad as well and the grandma and the grandpa there's about nine people at the door going oh hi we just thought we'd pop in which basically means we're going to come in and we're going to expect you to make us a cup of tea some pakoras uh, some kebabs and then we're going to have some drinks and then we're going to have roti as well proper full full, full on indian dinner and really in those days mum didn't even bat, bat an eyelid uh, because it was the norm and that's what they did, you know. So within hours, she would have whipped up some pagore, some some samosa, some kebabs, some chicken chicken curry, some rice, some chapatis. It was, it's just, it was mind blowing how in those days, uh, she'd even make a dessert, a trifle or like um, uh, fruit custard. So fruit cocktail with um, uh Carnation milk in it, I think we used to have back in those days. Uh, bananas and custard, uh, angel delight, th- things like that. Um, they would whip up keed, all that keed is like um, rice pudding. And it was just honestly, and it wasn't even tiring for her, it was just like normal, you know. But nowadays, bloody hell, man, <laughs> when you just think about cooking, you're like, oh god. And I know you can easily cook nowadays all this processed shit there is out there. But you know me, I ain't going to cook the processed shit that I had. Last week, I had a Marks and Spencer pizza uh, with some jalapeno poppers. And it wasn't because I wanted it. It's because I that day was too tired to cook fresh food. And I dared, I did dare to buy. Uh, but I thought if I buy from Marks and Spencer... Uh, the processed food when say tastes so shit. The pizza was lovely, but afterwards I felt like, oh God, I wish I hadn't eaten all that gluten uh, and, you know, all that white bread crummy shit and all the cheese in the jalapeno poppers. But uh, I only do it uh, once in a while now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the Chinese I made on Friday, everything was from scratch. I made uh, chicken in black bean sauce with mushrooms and peppers <coughs> with a cheats chicken katsu curry. I'll tell you cheats why in a minute with uh, egg fry rice. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say that any other way. Egg fry rice and sweet sour chicken. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Egg fried rice and sweet and sour chicken. <laughs> no, it's better the other way in it. Egg fry rice and sweet and sour chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and noodles. <laughs> And everything was from scratch. Prawn crackers we had. I I put my hand up. Uh, we had um, Tesco bought ones. The Tesco brand actually. I know I told you my food snob. But the Tesco brand are the best prawn crackers. They're like a red packet I think. They're £1 a packet. No they used to be 80p. Then they were 90p. Now they're £1 10p. Cost of living is really getting on my bloody nerves man. But yeah. But yeah, so I think I'm going to maybe randomly give you recipes. I mean, if you want the recipe uh, for this one, uh, very loosely, uh, the Chinese was based on Jiang's. 
So Jiangs are um, Chin and Chu. Chin and Chu, if you find Jiangs is spelled Z-A-I-N-G-S, Jiangs. And uh, Chin and Chu are a son and mother duo, just like Double Trouble Mama Me. And has anyone sussed out my mum's name, by the way? Or did she tell you what it was? <laughs> I don't think I even introduced her. We'll let her do it next week. They basically own a Chinese up north somewhere and they cook authentic Chinese takeaway food just like the takeaways do it. They claim that obviously that's not the authentic way of making Chinese, but they are helping you make it the Chinese takeaway way and in exactly the way that they would make it. So what I sometimes do, I adjust their recipes to make it a bit more healthier, but kind of loosely based on them anyway. So um, the ingredients sometimes for Chinese, I don't know if you're into Chinese. I'm really not into ch uh, to in black bean sauce stuff. I don't hate it, don't love it, don't crave it. But my sister and my mum seem to love it. Um, and I made this for my brother-in-law November last year. And he was ranting and raving about it. Not that it was there on Friday. So I made him um, this chicken black bean. And uh, for this, you really need to get the authentic black bean beans. Which if you go onto Jang's uh, Chin and Chew and you look up a chicken and black bean the, the or just black bean, uh, it will show you exactly what black beans you need and how to prepare them because there's a special way of preparing them because they're proper fermented black beans. I don't use any jars. You know, you can get black bean jar sauce from the shelf. I don't use it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I certainly don't make a chicken tikka masala from a Patek's jar. No, my sister does and it enrages me that why why can't you just use the normal spices it's the same thing and it just tastes so much better and there's just no rubbish in there you know so yeah i use the authentic beans and it's quite simple you have to wash them and then you've got to put aged garlic in there and you just leave it in the fridge i've had the black bean paste in the fridge since last november uh, my sister was a bit skeptical on friday going oh uh, there's it's probably something wrong with it i was like nothing wrong, nothing wrong with the beans leave the beans alone the more they stay in the fridge the more aged they become the more better they taste i do the same with my garlic and my ginger so at my local Charlie's Superstore, the Indian Superstore, they give the, you can buy a big bag of already peeled garlic, right? Um, we buy that once a year and well, once every six months, I tell a lie, actually. And I just whiz that in a in a food, not food processor, a bullet. And uh, I put oil in there. I, I use rapeseed oil. It's the only one I go by. I don't do sunflower oil. I don't. I don't do vegetable oil. I don't. I don't do olive oil. I don't. For cooking especially, no. Cooking, I use rapeseed oil and ghee. Um, and if I have to do something like I something needs oil in it, it will be rapeseed oil. So, um, yeah. So, I whiz up the ginger and garlic. So, in, I've got that in the fridge, labelled and ready for whenever I need it. It's a minced, uh, not even minced. It's more kind of pureed garlic and ginger. Yeah. So, with Chinese food, I think Indian food too, actually. I think many foods, <laughs> every food. It's the prep that is the bitch. Prepping them, I think sourcing the ingredients is a bitch. And then prepping it is a bitch. And then cooking it is not. Cooking it is, is the easiest part. And I can, I can see why so many people are put off from cooking. Especially, there's a lot of people that listening are, you're probably high flyer job people that go to high flying jobs and high profile and you leave home at seven in the morning you get back at seven at night and who wants to start making jang's uh, chicken and black bean sauce with mushrooms and peppers eh <laughs> tastes amazing though wait for three days oh my god so yeah there is so you have to be uh clever in how you get your prep done i guess maybe you can do it first thing in the morning who knows i'm you know i'm just the one that doesn't work because I have that stupid illness, so I have more time, I guess, on my hands to do that. And other reasons, too, that I won't go into. Yeah. <laughs> so, chicken and black beans. So, let me say, you use the... Basically, you have the pre-prepared beans. And then you before that, you've got to chop up the stuff. So, you need to chop up an onion, but you don't... Not, not chop up, like, Indian chop up tiny bits. Literally just chop it in half and then chop that half into half slice it the, the other way just make it into thirds or like into three parts then twist it the other way and cut it again so you got kind of big kind of chunky cubes yeah um, as in like two centimeters cubes quite chunky 
and that's all you need. And then same with the pepper, quite chunky pepper. Um, and then mushrooms. I I just literally cut them into half. Any kind of mushrooms that you want to use. Uh, chestnut, normal, shiitake. Aapki marzi. And then MSG is a big thing for Chinese uh, food. There is a big uh, debate about MSG. It's been going on all of its life. Chin and Chu firmly believe in MSG and he puts MSG in everything. And I don't see any problem with MSG. They say MSG causes this, that and the other. Um, I don't I, I don't believe it does. So I use it in my food. So basically what you do, you put in your uh, I have a, a steel wok, which is vital for Chinese cooking. Steel woks is what makes your oil really, 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 really super hot. You know, when they say smoking hot for Chinese cooking. Yeah, man, they, it really heats up. So you put in a ladle of uh, the rapeseed oil and then in there I put in the onion. Then you put in the peppers and then the mushrooms. And then in there you put in the aged garlic and then you add um, uh, some aged garlic. Then you add in the black, about two teaspoons of the black bean and then you add in the already prepared chicken so i velvet the chicken i know you're getting all confused now aren't you i had to pre-prepare the chicken so i had to go to, to marks and spencer to get the ethically sourced chicken remember i've told you about this before came home chopped it up in in diagonal size slices against the grain and then to prepare it i had to oh gosh uh what did i do to velvet my chicken i think i Oh, what did I put in there? Hold on, I'll tell you. Sorry, sometimes my brain just doesn't work. <laughs> so to velvet chicken, and I'll tell you why you need to velvet chicken in just a bit, okay? So you got the chicken you've cut against the grain, okay? Nice little bits. You put, then what you do, you get two to three tablespoons of water. Just put it on the chicken and uh, massage it into the chicken and then just leave it there for about 10, 15 minutes, okay? Then let the chicken absorb the water. Then you put in two teaspoons of soy sauce, two teaspoons of cornstarch um, and cornstarch, if possible, and not corn flour. The two different things, but corn flour, if you haven't got the cornstarch, fine. Uh, and then two teaspoons of vegetable oil. And you'd leave that in the fridge for a good couple of hours overnight, if possible, but a good couple of hours. So my prep, I always do three to four hours before I'm going to do the cooking, right? Uh, and why do velvet chicken? Well, you know, like, Say everyone makes a stir fry, right? And when they make stir fries, especially when you use breast chicken, I hate breast chicken, by the way. I only use thigh chicken. I don't use breast chicken at all. It's just dry and tasteless and it has no no character, no substance to it. So uh, velvet in chicken, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you, you're using a chopstick and the chicken just like melts in your mouth and it's really soft and, and it's not even chewy. Like sometimes, I'm sorry about not vegetarians here, but sometimes when you eat chicken or meat, it tastes really fibrous, like you're eating flesh. Yeah. When you velvet chicken, it doesn't taste like that. It literally is so soft that it just melts in your mouth. Honestly, it's so good. Always velvet your chicken. Well, I always velvet my chicken or, or I seal my chicken or my meat uh, if I'm making other types of dishes, like um, same if I'm making uh, lamb curry. Not that I really make lamb curry because mum always does the, the lamb curry or for making lamb shanks. Not that I make lamb shanks much anyway. But yeah, seal your chicken. It's really important that the juices stay in. <laughs> I know you think, <laughs> Missy, Gosh, you know so much about your food. I do because I've just I'm I'm a I'm a big Googler, I'm a big researcher, I'm a good experimenter, and I just love food and I love it just makes me happy uh the way food can taste if you make it right. And the only way you can make it right is by loving your food, by massaging your food, by by giving your food loving kindness. I'm not even joking. I know you're thinking I'm Nambi Pambi, but it's true. You gotta like Stroke your food, <laughs> cut it lovingly, um, smile at it and um, play some beautiful music uh, while you're cooking. You know, pre preparing food, I, I would say I would take take it like foreplay. It's a little bit like foreplay. It's the, the, the bit that takes you to the main event. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, if the foreplay is shit then the main event's going to be shit. So the foreplay has to be really, really spot on. And it's all about the preparation of how you cut the vegetables, how you prepare your meat or your fish or whatever, what uh, spices you're going to use and how you use them. 
Don't go by what the recipe says. I always get two to three to four recipes of the same item and they're all very different and then I make my own remix of it which I learned from my mom sorry because she always made amazing food and I always say how did you make it she'd be like I don't know I kind of mixed everything all up together I don't ask me because there's no set recipe and I, I'm exactly designed the same I kind of uh, mix up all my recipes and just kind of uh, do it and it comes out amazing then I'm like shit how did I make that uh, so then I end up having to make it again but kind of remix another another set of recipes but what I do do I do uh honestly give inject my food with love and um kindness I do and um I I, I love it it's not like it's never a chore for me it, it's a happy place for me so I urge you if you are making food in the future and it comes out shit it's because you're feeling shit you're not giving it any attention you're treating it just like um, a meal that you're making because you have to and you're not treating it with love and respect love and respect your food and it will love and respect your mouth and everyone will love and respect you around you because they'll be like jesus christ this is absolutely amazing i think i told you last week i made the old star uh, chicken uh what was it pakistani chicken curry oh my good god off this off the richter scale it really was so but my thing has always been life. If you're going to do something, do it properly. Otherwise, don't do it at all. If you're going to do something for somebody, then do it with love and kindness. Like from your heart. Don't do it be because you think you've got to do it. Don't fake it and think, well, oh, well, she's my friend and maybe I should just be there for her. Don't maybe just be there for her or him if you don't want to be or if you think it's a chore. There's no point because it's not going to do you any good. And you're fake loving your, your friend or your family member or your mum or your dad or your aunt, your uncle, whatever it is, always do everything dilse. And if it's not within your means, then don't do it. And if you feel regret doing it, then don't do it. Uh, and a lot of people <laughs> have regrets when it comes to cooking because they don't like it. But <sighs> the quality of your cooking will be much better if you just give it some love and attention. Just think foreplay when you're preparing your food. Thanks to Missy. <laughs> so that was the chicken and black bean. I haven't even given the full recipe for that. But uh, once you've done all that stuff, you put your chicken in and then you put in water, about two to 300 uh, milliliters of water, just enough to cover the vegetables and the chicken. And then you use a potato starch slurry to thicken up the sauce. You do put a pinch of um, sugar in there because all good cooking has a pinch of sugar it does a good fat and sugar it makes amazing food and then then you adjust the salt accordingly never ever 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 people take it from me when you're making chinese it's really hard to gauge the salt when you in chinese they use a lot of um soy sauce which is very very salty and then a lot of chinese recipes they also use uh, chicken stock or vegetable stock or any kind of stock fish stock and those stocks are quite salty and people make the mistake like a lot of recipes will say a teaspoon of salt oh by the way i forgot to uh, add the msg so the msg goes in at the beginning when you put the onions in you put the msg in there because you need to brown the msg just a tiny pinch like a third of a teaspoon i don't even use a third of a teaspoon i normally get the tip of a teaspoon the other other end and just get a little flick of the end there and stick that in that's enough msg for me yeah but yeah always add uh, in chinese food if it if it involves soy sauce or chicken stock or any stock don't add any salt in unless uh, unless you taste it right at the end if it needs it then add it in Okay, so that's the chicken and black bean. I mean, this is getting very long. So do, do you want me to tell you the rest? I can tell you in a nutshell uh, how I made my cheats katsu curry. So the chicken I, were these chicken burgers that I got. Bird's eye, quarter panner chicken burgers. They were absolutely delicious. But I made the curry sauce myself. Uh, and that entailed using onions. Um, was it onions? What the, I put something else in there. I can't even remember now, but the recipe is from the Wagamama's cookbook. So follow that down to a T and it comes out amazing. Actually, don't follow it down to a T because they put too much turmeric in there. I put less turmeric, what they say, and they haven't put enough 
coconut milk in theirs and I used three times the amount of coconut milk that they said because it came out really, really salty. So I used onions, I used stock, I used turmeric, I used really good curry powder that Jang's sell at their store and they will tell you what is a good brand of it and coconut milk. And that is a very healthy curry sauce. Curry sauce in the Chinese shop is not healthy at all. It's made with pure vegetable oil. <laughs> it has a lot of vegetables in it and all star anise and stuff. And it's quite a long process. It has a lot, a lot, a lot of, actually, no, no, that doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. The the sweet and sour sauce has a lot of sugar in it, but it's quite processed to make a uh, Chinese style curry sauce. But the Wagamama's katsu curry sauce is just as good and really, really healthy. There's no like nasties in it and it's really easy to make. Uh, so if you, if anyone wants the recipe, contact me on any social media platform or of course if you would like to email the journal of missy d at gmail.com and i can email you the recipe for that and that was something else i had to prepare i'm telling you i was knackered on friday uh so i did all this preparation and then i prepped the rice so the rice i boil uh jasmine rice from marks and spencers it's a yellow packet and i boil it sorry wash it twice boil it in water to bite so it's not mushy and then I rinse it in cold water so it, it cools down then I don't I don't cover it I put it into like a tray put it in the fridge and let it be there overnight this is how much prep you got to do if you want to make it authentic so to make the egg fry wise you go back onto the um the the wok the steel wok a ladle of uh, hot hot oil put in chunks again of onions then you stick in the rice and just uh, once the onions have gone brown add in the rice let them get nice and crispy make a well in the middle cook the under two eggs eggs you can put a bit of salt in there make a bit of a scrambled egg with the egg and then mix it all up and then add a dash of dark soy a dash of light soy light soy is the salty one dark soy doesn't have salt in it it's more for the color oh, sorry the msg had to go in earlier with the onion and then switch off the um the wok and then add a glug of uh, sesame oil don't use sesame oil to cook with you always put sesame oil afterwards when the dish is cooked and it's a very similar process with the egg noodles as well. So uh, your onions go in, your MSG goes in, your noodles are pre-prepped pre -prepped and cooled. And um, when I, when they cool, I put a bit of oil on there so they don't stick. Then you put the uh, noodles in and same process, bit of dark soy, bit of light soy and a little bit of sesame oil at the end. And there's your Chinese fake away um, with the help of Jang's Chin and Chew and Missy D. So I don't know if you want to make that. Please do try. But I can give you uh, more pointers if you are really interested in making it. But velveteen chicken is key. Foreplay is, is massively important when it comes to your food. Loving it, nurturing it, uh, being kind to it and smiling at it, playing it some music and thanking it when you eat it. Just before you're going to eat it, thank it. Say thank you, food, for being such amazing food. And thank you for lining my belly. I love you, food. And it will thank you too. Take care, be good, and I will catch you on the next episode in a couple of weeks of me. And next week you will have Double Trouble Mum and Me episode two. See you later. Hot, sweet, thick, jalapeno, D.